Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, lovely friends. It is moi, Sarah May. So this is the third, I think third, this is the last of my um, relationship or doubting self series, actually, that's what it was, um, for my audience Q&As. So this one is about when you have to leave a relationship and it's really hard. So I had four different people ask questions that had a lot of overlap. So I'm kind of combining them. So I'll quickly go through what those questions were. So the first one is, how can especially sensitive people stand by their decision to leave a relationship and resist urges to go back and try harder? The next question was, how are, or sorry, what are some healthy ways to deal with intense nostalgia when it strikes and convinces you that you left a perfect relationship? And then, despite knowing that a person is not right for me, my brain goes into survival mode and has this insane desperation to continue to reach out and repair the relationship. Um, How can you see and listen to red flags when you're in it instead of wanting to retreat? And then the last question is, is it possible to stop loving someone when you don't want to love them anymore? Um, I already consciously decided to leave a relationship uh, that I'm currently in, but then the thought of actually initiating the breakup sounds like the worst thing ever. So here we go. As always, take what helps and leave the rest. Also, forgive the background noise. I'm doing a ghetto record in my car. Okay, here we go. So all of these questions, a lot of intense themes. So there's ambivalence, extreme ambivalence. There is that extreme feeling of attachment, but then also the agony of loss. And then also the knowing you're, you know, the best decision to make. And then there are also some thoughts of godlike abilities, like the, if I just tried harder, I could make it work. If everything, if I, if I just changed myself somehow, everything would be different. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe things will be totally different than they were uh, when I was in it before. Or maybe it was really good and I'm just being spoiled. So all of this is the extreme pain of like doubt and insecurity and also overthinking and scrutinizing and like driving yourself insane. And then also that fear of fucking up your life, like that fear of misstepping, a feeling like we made the wrong choice. And in the last question's case, um, you're, you know it's bad, but you're not able to cut the cord. So it's that intense longing and attachment that you feel, the kind that like makes you feel just like you're you know, a drug fiend, you feel sick. 
So I'm going to talk about what is happening in your brain and then and your body, and then I'm going to talk about what you can do about it. So our brain is bent on helping us avoid pain. It's like the main purpose of your brain, survival. So when you are in intense pain, your brain is going to go into intense solving and try and just push you into areas that might relieve the pain you're in, including back into the wrong relationship. Anything that relieves the pain seems good. It just seems attractive because it's going to equal relief of this pain. So it also, your brain will actually try and, you know, rationalize, solve for this X being good. So maybe it's because of me. Maybe it's because of this. Maybe it's I'm wrong. Could it be that I'm just reading into things and then maybe things weren't, weren't the way I thought they were? Like, that's you trying to solve for this thing being okay. And that pain is the main motivator here. A large part of what comes up when you leave a relationship is, yes, the pain of loss and the pain of, you know, mourning. But it's a large part of it is the pain of the old baggage you might have that you weren't aware of when you were in the relationship. So that's usually intense, intense loneliness and issues around self-worth. And this is kind of quieted by the presence of a relationship because it's like the ultimate distraction. You have other another person's problems to be obsessed with. You have all of the problems that come with a relationship to be obsessed with. So you don't have to think about anything about yourself or really face any of the issues of like a fear of abandonment or a fear of being alone or, or painful feelings about yourself. All of that's kind of quieted because you're just like fixated on this, you know, job that is the relationship that you don't really like very much. So the pain of the loss is part of it, yes, but the largest part of it is pain of me on me for the first time in a very long time. And that is part of the reason that it's so attractive to so many people to stay in meh relationships, because you just get to avoid the pain that comes from being alone with yourself. So that's what you're combating right now. You're kind of uh, fighting off that intense, overwhelming pain. And the original reason I think you chose to get out of this relationship is because you're trying to align. Like you're trying to figure out how to honor yourself and act according to what you know you want in like the entirety of your life. You know what I mean? Like big picture you wants. Um, but to do that, to effectively do that and align your actions and your life around what you really want, you need some tools so you can manage the intense physical pain that occurs when you feel um, alone and you separate from your ex. But the goal has always been the same. The goal is to be okay and happy with myself as myself and to be able to honor my choices and not be driven by fear and not retreat. So to be strong and consistent in your beliefs and your actions. And not to need anyone to be happy. And yes, ultimately to find love and to find the kind of love that is mutually rewarding and not need-based. So that's your goal. But right now, you're working with like a bullet in your stomach. Like you're hobbling. This, this pain makes you kind of contort yourself as you walk. So it's like, you're, it's like an intense crippling kind of agony of attachment it, that basically feels like 
I'm on fire. Ah, I'm on fire. I can't be alone. Ow, 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 ow. I've had, I have personal experience with this one and I can tell you it's really, I know it feels like it's impossible. So it's about, it's really about throwing your body into the right actions, even if your heart isn't in it yet. So it's, it's really about taking actions despite yourself and your brain being like, no, this is terrible. I can't do it. And like, I really don't think this is a good idea. And you're just like walking, you continue to march in the right direction towards your goal, take actions you rationally know are in service of that goal, all the while being like, maybe I should go back, 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 maybe this is terrible, maybe I'm, you know. So with that, here are some specific tools for you guys. The first one is called, very, very fancy title, Set the Goal. <laughs> Basically, the first thing I want you to do is, is make it official. Grab your journal and write what it is you are working toward in the paragraph. So for example, I choose to be strong enough to leave this relationship and I choose to move forward and work on myself and be okay by myself, etc. And I know that that's really hard when you're in a state of ambivalence because part of you is saying like, but maybe I don't want that, but maybe I do want to go back to this relationship. I don't want to damn it forever. So I would say do this with your eye, like when your brain's not looking. Like, almost do it with your eyes closed. Like, uh, like you just have to jump. Just do it. Like, write it and know that the truest part of you means it, even if all of the fear in your body is unable to really hold on to it just yet. Uh, all right, that's the first tool. Second tool is called another fancy title, the pros and cons list. So this is really important for you to just keep in your awareness because your brain will want to color and flower all of the things that were bad. So I, I want you to write a list of all the things that were great about the relationship and also think the things that were terrible about the relationship. And remember, the cons list was longer. Stay intimately aware of the good and the bad, the reality that was this relationship. It wasn't a casual decision. There were very concrete reasons you got out of this. So just quite literally flesh out that list. And um, if you can't, if you find yourself unable to remember, if, if you've kept a journal in the past, refer back to those. Or I would ask friends that you've talked to in the past. Ask them, like, what were the things I said were wrong with this relationship? All right, the next tool is called One Million Tiny Decisions. So this is a two-parter. So I think it's really helpful in situations where your your brain is the culprit and your your thinking is what's causing you the most trouble to attack the thoughts individually. So when they come up, you have to have uh, like on the ready something you're going to say back to the thought that drives you insane. So I would do this one in your journal and create a spread of two pages in your journal and on the left side you're going to write the unhelpful thought and then on the right side you're going to write something logical that you can remind yourself of in the moment when you have said thought we can do the first one together so let's say the first thought is what if i left something so amazing and it wasn't that bad after all so the right side the answer would be there are one million tiny decisions 
that went into this decision you made and this move you made in your life. It took so many thoughts to arrive at this decision. It was not an accidental an accident and it wasn't arrived at at lightly. So I would continue to do more of those, like continue to fill out different responses for yourself. And if you need help brainstorming the responses, I'm going to put a link to a helpful book in the show notes. All right, the next tool is called Actions Decoder. So this is to remind you of who the person you are with really is and not who you kind of colored in in your coloring book of flowery thoughts. So this is helpful to do in a journal. Um, so I want you to basically transcribe all of the actions they that person took. Not what they said. None of their words are going to go in this description. You're just going to list all of their actions uh, one by one that led to kind of what happened in your relationship. And if you need to put in, um, for example, summations of intent, but not literal words they said, that's fine. Like they said they were going to do X, but they didn't do X, etc. And take a break from it after you do this exercise. I recommend not looking at it for like a few days. And then when you come back to it, I want you to look at that person as if you don't know them. What do those actions tell you about who this person is? That's the only information you need to judge who they are. Their actions are the only thing that count, not their words. And I think you'll find your, your instincts were much more spot on based on the actions they took. You probably delayed a lot of what you were going to do because of just the words, but that's a great way to just remind yourself, like, this is the true person I was with. Um, okay, cool. The next tool is just a set. It's a, actually, no, it's a set. It's just a mantra. And you could change this if you don't like the word God, but the mantra is, I am not God. So this is for when you start thinking, if I just tried harder, everything would be different. Or maybe if I just asked in a different way, I would have gotten a different result. So this is the kind of thinking that gets you into the shorthanded uh, relationships where you're the one that's just getting crumbs or swallowing shit instead of getting equal treatment or getting what you want. We grew this habit of saying, like, if I just tried harder uh, somewhere when we were very little, we grew this a long time ago. This is like one of our, our coping mechanisms, and it's something that you have to deliberately work on by deliberately allowing others to show up for you without giving them anything or changing yourself at all. It's going to be a muscle you have to build in the future. I would say highlight that and know that that's something for you to focus on with your self-work because you cannot change others by trying harder. Person, The other person is half of the relationship and you can't do all the work for both of you. So don't you think you in particular would have tried everything not to get to this point? I would say you probably tried your hardest and it didn't work. And that's what led to this situation. If anything, you probably tried so hard that it enabled the thing, like the situation to get worse. So I recommend journaling around this topic and kind of uh, describe a list of conditions that were you were kind of met with 
in order to get to the point of needing to break up? Like, how how did the problem start, and then how bad did it get? And were there things that you did that allowed that to happen? Because breaking up is extremely difficult. Choosing a breakup is like one of the hardest things to do in the world. It's scary. It's painful. It, it's basically like shooting yourself in the arm. So don't think you arrived at it lightly because of just how painful it is. There's a reason that kids don't normally run away, even if they're getting beaten terribly by their parents, because it's too scary. It's much easier to get beaten than it is to be in an environment where you can't predict things. So don't forget how much bravery and strength it took to get to this point. And don't forget how much anger and agony you endured before you were like, I can't do it anymore. So I would say, and I don't know your situation at all. I might be completely wrong, but my guess is that you didn't, this is not the result of you not trying hard enough. Because we'll do anything we can to avoid pain like this. We all want love. We all want connection. We want it so badly. Um, And I wanted to give some specific tools to the person who can't yet break off the relationship. Um, Your question, I... So to remind everyone, it was, is it possible to stop loving someone when you don't want to love them anymore? Uh, and you said that you, when you think about breaking off the relationship, it scares, or it sounds like the worst thing ever. So it sounds like, uh, I see some red flags um, in your sitch, and I can see that you don't know how to initiate a plan because you are so ambivalent. Like you... If you you have decided you want to break it off, but you can't, and then the other half of you is saying, but I love him and I sympathize, it's really hard to take actions when you're so split down the middle because you're hurting yourself in any action you take. So I would say don't force yourself to be anywhere that you're not. Just start by creating the conditions you need to feel strong and capable and eventually you'll be able to get to where you need to be. But right now, I'm just going to start off with the basics. So the first tool is my VIPs. I need you to start to build a dream team of support for yourself. For example, I need you to nominate five people that can be there for you, that you're going to interact with, that you're going to start to talk to about your situation. Maybe it's one's a parent, maybe one's a friend, maybe one's a therapist, one's a coworker. Uh, whoever they are, they need to know specifics of what's happening, and they also need to be people who are balanced and functioning, not like my drug addict friend, that type of thing. That's number one. Number two, two, two tool is lily pads. I give this one a lot. I want you to do this. It's basically to strengthen your ego. So think of yourself like a blob of goo and everyone's got this, everyone's this blob of goo and they're like freaking out like, who am I? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Ah. And in order to walk and talk and function, we need to stick things on ourselves so we can walk around and feel tall. Those things we stick on ourselves are badges of identity. They're our job, our hobbies, our relationships with other people, like our the way we donate our time, etc. 
So think of this, that was a long metaphor, which was not the lily pad metaphor. The lily pad metaphor is we're all like a pond and we need to fill up that's the surface of that pond with multiple lily pads in order to maintain a healthy ecosystem. So they all need to be different lily pads of identities. So one can be, I'm a mom. One can be, I'm a yogi. One can be, I am a, a podcaster, etc. So you need to strengthen your lily pads. Or if you're the blob of goo, you need to stick more shit on yourself. Whatever they are, start pouring more time and energy into those things that are not your relationship. And I know it won't feel very fun or enjoyable, but you need to pour energy into those things anyway. So you'll be kind of going through the motions. So you might end up being in a yoga class and being like, I don't really want to be here, but I'm doing it anyway. Do a lot of those things. And if you don't have at least four lily pads, you need to add as many as you can. So that might be starting a new hobby or picking up an old hobby you've had and dedicating more time to it deliberately. All right, the next tool is the 911 list or e-cord list. So you in particular need some methods for soothing yourself that work. And if you don't have any right now, that means you're going to have to start trying things like your life depends on it until one eventually starts to work. I recommend having at least 10 things on your list. So this list is something that you can do when you're triggered and you're emotional that it will soothe your physical body and kind of delay and distract the thought process that follows from your triggered state of mind. So for example, my e-cord list includes a walk around the block with a podcast, a handstand behind a closed door where I can be alone with deep breathing that's really loud, a hike, a yoga class, uh, a drive, um, a call to a friend. I want you to populate your list with things that you can do easily in, that are accessible uh, and that also different kinds of things. So some can be classes, whatever they are, they need to be ways that you can calm down your physical body. So anything that changes your physiology and your location is especially helpful. And you need to start using these things in the moments you are feeling overwhelmed by your relationship. It's like the instinct is to cling harder. In that moment, instead, you need to address your body. Like, what's happening in my physical body? How can I calm myself down? How can I detach from this, this clinging, obsessing, spinning mindset? Um, and then you're, you're basically going to be building the foundation. So don't worry about that other stuff yet. You need to work on getting stronger. Because here's the thing. The more you're able to soothe yourself in the moments you feel overwhelmed by your emotions, the more you will able, you'll be able to actually choose and guide your life. Like it won't be about you reacting. It will be you choosing. And that is when life gets awesome. Because the things your brain chooses to do, because they are the right things for you to do, actually ultimately make you a whole lot happier. Um, for all of you who ask questions right now in the moment, it feels like this thing that, you know, going back to my relationship will help me be happier because it it's the thing that will re relieve your immediate pain. But that's not true. It's not going to make you happier. It's just like the drug addict taking the drug. It just prolongs the pain. It keeps you stuck. When you have the capacity to honor your own best interests and act according to like your highest thinking, 
That's when you align. That's when your life aligns with what you truly, rationally want, which is things like mutual respect, my equal, someone who cherishes me, someone who is not an addict, someone who is employed, someone who is nice to me, whatever it is, all of those things you want. And, and that life that you design is amazing. It's great. And it's easy. It's simple. It's obvious. It's the best. And it makes you feel comfortable and confident and all the things you want to feel. And that is why you are choosing it. This spot you're in, you're, you're bumping on it, resisting it for a reason. Like you're resisting this, this need in yourself to reach out or to, to go back to this relationship. And that's because there's a deep part of yourself that knows better and wants more. So all you have to do now is really hold on to that truth by solidifying it, solidifying the truth, and then start taking repetitive actions that build your muscles to enable you to act on that goal. So think of this like your Rocky montage. You need to swallow some raw eggs and put on another seven layers of sweatshirt and go run those stairs. In other words, just keep taking actions to empower yourself despite the overwhelming emotions that are like gnats all around your brain. And one day at random, you will see the tools and the repetitive actions have started working. I hope this helps. And in, before I close, I wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to my, my monthly, my new sponsors, Shannon, a.k.a. Shannon May. And another Shannon, both of you made huge, huge donations. Thank you so, so much. And uh, Aaron, Adam, Jocelyn, thank you guys so much for your donations. And I wanted to say thank you to all my monthly sponsors and all my Patreons, patrons on Patreon. It inspires me a lot to create, so I really appreciate you guys. And if anyone out there has the means, please make a donation. It helps the show a lot. And if you don't have the means... I totally get it. A review on iTunes is greatly appreciated and it really helps me reach others. So with that, I wish you all a very happy holiday and uh, don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.